met for coffee and didn't have any coffee. Well, Katie I had, had coffee. coffee. Katie had coffee. <laughs> had coffee. <laughs> had a large coffee. <laughs> oh, God. I got a medium and it was literally like a teacup that can fit all three of us in it. Coffee World. What's up? We are here, episode three, and Woo. we are super excited. <laughs> and you just heard Isabella Silverio. We are interviewing her today. Hey, everybody. <laughs> so um, we just really wanted to share some information with you all about entrepreneurship, um, and Isabella is going to tell you Diving about... Diving deep into this. It's yes. more than information. Yeah. It's enlightenment. It's, it's everything you want it's, to know. Yeah. If you're thinking if you should be listening to this right now, I'll tell you, just keep listening. <laughs> it's going to get It's gonna get a little... It's going to get a little indulgent, a little weird, a little super motivational, and mm. also mm, rambling. <laughs> this is what I'm doing right now. Uh, <laughs> Sweet deal. So thank you all for tuning in for episode three. Um, let's start us off. So Isabella, That's why me. don't you tell us a bit about who you are okay. and your business? Yeah, definitely. So my name is Isabella and my company is Guava Empowerment, where I encourage women to think and act entrepreneurially in their career and everyday life. And I'm also a student. I'm getting my master's in, of science and entrepreneurship at the University of Florida. I have a dog. I'm 22 years old. <laughs> I, you know, um, like to eat a lot of food. Bacon. Say, say, a lot of bacon. <laughs> I just hosted a bacon tasting party last yes. night. It was amazing. Okay, glad it went well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I... I want to identify myself as a resource for women to think entrepreneurially. So Mm -hmm. with this rising of Instagram and wanting to kind of be Instagram famous or utilize your existing platform to now something that will work in your favor, I'll help you turn those followers into kind of a loyal fan basis Mm -hmm. for when you do decide to launch your blog, you have this surmounting amount of support. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So who are some of other like clients that you've helped? Well, I, when I went to South Africa, I had two clients. Their names are Shepo and Ronell. Mm-hmm. Uh, one's a book publisher, and the other one is a, a corporate consultant that she had won her own consulting company, so I Ooh. helped her. And in I helped some Miami boutiques. It's it's really it's really hard to say like who I've helped because I think I help people every day. Mm-hmm. Every day I get a question or email asking, oh, what would you advise me to do on this? Yeah. I really believe in giving away your knowledge for free if you feel it's going to serve that trusting relationship with like potential clients okay um so yeah i think i'm going to help people every day i don't i don't think someone who owns a really big company is any different from like one of my followers who wants to start her personal brand Mm -hmm. to me they're the same i weigh them very equally because 
I took on a client and honestly, I didn't really expect anything out of it after, after the engagement. It connected me with so many different kinds of people afterwards who also needed my help. Mm-hmm. And it's just, that's why I weigh everything equally because you never know who's going to give you the next opportunity. Mm. And always thinking. Yeah, because <laughs> if I'm always just looking for, oh, who has the biggest bucks, they're going to leave me bigger money. Mm-hmm. In some aspects, that's, that's true. But when you're small, like I am, you can't always think like that. Mm. Right. Yeah. So sort of going off of that, the women you've helped, um, who inspired you to make love empowerment? Like, was there a specific uh, yeah. person? So I took a class last summer in June of 2017. I guess that's where we are. Yeah. And it was taught by Dr. Tufts. And one of the assignments, it was a man who inspired me. Uh, <laughs> one of the assignments was you have to write a report on a business, make up a business. It has to be B2B, business to business, for everyone who doesn't know. And write a report. How are you going to make money? How are you going to be successful? And that was an assignment. And I kind of knew I was really good at graphic design, social media. I really loved doing consulting when I went to South Africa. And I kind of just came up with this like female in business, empowering women entrepreneurship thing. And then once I submitted the report, I'm pretty sure I got like a C or D on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I launched my company like a month after. Um, and it was just because I couldn't get the idea of Guava Empowerment out of my head. I was like, oh, I should really be doing it. Oh, I should just do it. I should just do it. And then mm-hmm. one day I just did it. Spent like $200 on registering for my company. Like domain? Yeah. No, like the like the LLC, limited oh, liability oh, company. Oh, true. Mm-hmm. You have to like register. And that was kind of the biggest, you know. Turning point. Uh, yeah, because once you register for a company, you can't really turn back. Right. <laughs> and I think I needed to do that because I didn't want to fall out of something. And even today, I was in the library, and I was, I'm was i really stressed out about uh, something happening with my business. And for five minutes, I was just like, hmm, I should just quit. I should just stop doing no. this. I could just do something else. I could apply for Google or something. And, <laughs> and, and then for that was me for five minutes. And then after five minutes, I just got over it because, like, I really think pushing through everything else leads to success mm-hmm. because I'm always surrounded by, like, my competition because it's all online. And yeah. all I do is scroll on my phone, basically. And every single time I see someone new doing something similar that I'm doing, I just have to ignore it because if I... Yeah, I, I think there's a saying that's, like, when you really, really want to give up, that's when everyone wants to give yes, up. Yes, exactly. You push that's past what, that. that's, after the five minutes, that's what I thought of. And mm-hmm. I was like, mm, I'm just going to go over it and let whoever is giving up today give up. And guess what? And I just got stronger pushed to the front. Yeah. yeah, because, I mean, imagine if everyone who's successful today gave up. There would be nothing in the world. <laughs> if, you know, Sofia Maruso decided to call it quits after her company uh, filed for bankruptcy, she wouldn't be my idol. So it's kind of... Yeah, she wouldn't be a girl boss. She wouldn't be a girl boss. So, yeah, I love her. Mm. Um, so, sort of going off of that, like, who inspired you, Professor Thompson, um, to create your business plan, essentially. When you look back 20 years from now, what do you want your legacy to be? Um, do you want it to be in the women that you impact? Or how do you visualize that? In 20 years, I'll mm-hmm. be 42. <laughs> I think I just want people to, when they hear my name, everyone thinks of something different. Like, oh, she's like 
my inspiration for this or she's she helped me with this problem mm-hmm. i just want something to get something different out of me because i want to find out how many facets i have of mm. resourcefulness if that makes sense yeah um you know like when people say oh i'm a daughter i'm a wife i'm a yeah i'm a Do- I'm a sister. dog mom, a sister. Like, yeah. I want that to be, but in a professional way. Like, okay. does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be on Forbes. I want to have those quotes. Like when you look up motivational quotes on Pinterest, like my name be, I'm this like really silly calligraphy graphic. <laughs> like I want that, you know? Mm-hmm. So 20 years, I think I could achieve that in 20 years. <laughs> and And that's like the biggest thing. I want people to just know that if in 20 years I'm this big success, I got there because I believed in myself, not because I worked super hard, which, you know, everyone it's does. It's a given, yeah. But not everyone really believes in themselves, and that's what I think really pushes Grinds it in for you. <laughs> <laughs> for the potential women or um, minorities out there who are intimidated by starting their own business, what is some, like, practical advice you can give them? Like, hey, you need to do this. Like right now. Yeah, so that's a really good question. And I have a really special way of overcoming that. So it's a special way. No, I have a, (laughs) it's an exercise. So if you are struggling whether to decide if you need to start your blog or business or personal brand, XYZ, you can make up a million different things. Write a list of what it is that you're struggling with. Like, what, why are you, what's the fears behind starting your personal brand? Oh, I'm afraid people are gonna make fun of me. Oh, I'm afraid people, what people might think. I'm afraid I'm gonna be, I'm gonna fail. I fear that I'm gonna not commit to it. I'm gonna give up along the way. Write all those down. And then after you write all those down, and I'm serious, write them in a column. Don't just think about them, write them down. <laughs> pen and <laughs> paper. People, yeah, <laughs> pen and paper, let's, let's do it. Then write down all the things you'll miss out on if you don't do them. Ooh. So if you're so if you're afraid of starting your own personal brand because you're afraid of what people might think, you're also missing out on all the opportunities of meeting people that you idolize, traveling the world, making your own money, being your own boss. Those are the things that you're missing out on. Focusing on what you would have if you do it rather than all the distractions. Like cost and benefit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, And then I sort of wanted to dive into your thoughts on social media because a lot of what you do is on Instagram and various platforms. So much. Find me at Guava Empowerment. (laughs) (laughs) So my question is, how do you walk the thin line of having your own private life but still being able to connect that personal side of yourself? Do you feel like you share too much? Where where do you, where's the line? I kind of just play into what I think my audience wants to see mm-hmm. and that and that's a really good business lesson serve the people who support you not the other way around that's good that's a good so, line so put it on Pinterest <laughs> <laughs> but yeah because if you don't if you just think about oh what do I want to show what do I want to put out no one's gonna give a shit like you have to put out what your audience wants to see so I personally know people are really into morning routines because it's giving you that window into someone else's like real life yeah so when I was first starting guava and I was just really trying to grow my Instagram I gave people that window like hey guys these are vitamins I'm taking I went live uh I made my coffee and I would spend just an hour filming this 
10 second story on Instagram of just my morning routine. Mm-hmm. You have to be really comfortable expo- showing your Instagram life. Yeah. And if everyone's just showing the highlight reel, there's nothing special about you. You're just like everyone else. You're just like everyone else. So you have to really find out what people want to see from you mm-hmm. and then show that to them. And I swear you will find a much better grasp of what your Instagram platform is going to look like and what's going to help you grow. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to dive into some more entrepreneurial type questions because a lot of our listeners um, mm-hmm. are probably interested in starting their own business. Yeah. Um, so the first question is more about the culture that you've experienced having been in various mm-hmm. startups. Um, so what has been your experience with bro culture um, and what time you ever experienced it? It's a really good question. Well, let me tell you this. So when I first got to University of Florida in 2014, 2015, something like that, um, I joined a startup. And I've joined 10 startups so far since I've been here. Oh my gosh. And (laughs) uh, so I entered the big idea competition when I was a freshman. And I joined this company called Lazy Delivery. And they were groceries grocery delivery company in the city of Gainesville because it helps students deliver groceries without a car, X, Y, Z, you get it. Um, and that was a really great experience. It was such a welcoming, t- like the meetings were always super empowering and I love them so much. And, you know, I thought startup life was just incredible because you just get to work with really yeah. awesome people. Not always the case. Uh, fast forward a few years later, I go to South Africa, I do consulting, another amazing experience. I'm still not burnt with all this like bro culture that you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. When I come back from South Africa, I joined another startup and the two founders, they, it was such a weird dynamic because they were, they were guys and they were like a bros bro. Mm-hmm. And I really stood behind what the company did and what they were offering, they're offering, but it was just something about working with them that I would leave every meeting feeling so powerless. My brain was like violated a little oh bit. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and that's like a really strong, that's a really strong way. You don't want to feel that, yeah. Yeah, but basically, so I had all this experience when I went into this startup and when they weren't taking my advice about social media, marketing, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, they didn't listen to my opinions. They listened to those of my male counterparts who had so much less experience than I did. Right. And lo and behold, I quit, I leave, and their social media just goes to the garbage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're in this situation of, like, there's bro culture, you just need to get out of it. You work with people you want to work with. I should have quit earlier, and I felt so bad quitting. What about if you're in, so like the tech industry is notoriously male dominated. So like Mm -hmm. Madison and I are both like going to enter it when we enter the workforce after graduation and it will be basically (laughs) male dominated. So Mm -hmm. there's kind of no escaping the bro culture for us. What would you suggest for someone in the same situation? Well, I've never had a boss like that. You know what I mean? I never Mm -hmm. had to report to work and deal with a boss in this big business but I would have a really good relationship with your boss, either mm-hmm. male or female, and let them get to know who you are. I would go in, you know, setting my standards of how I want to be treated on the very first day. Yeah. So if I get this, like, passive-aggressive note or I hear, like, a sexual innuendo in the, in the water cooler or something, <laughs> I would call it out immediately because that's the kind of person I am. Right. I just, you know, call the BS wherever I see it. So... If you feel like you're being untreated unfairly in the workplace, which, you know, 
most women sometimes do. You need to voice it to your boss and the HR, whoever it is. And since you mm-hmm. already fostered that good relationship, they're so much more willing to side with you. Right. Speaking on like talking to your boss, how do you handle being your own boss currently? Hashtag imperfect boss. Um, <laughs> I've never heard that. Yeah, it's a, it's a hashtag. It's trending. <laughs> it's trending. So being my own boss, it's a lot of fun. I really like it. You can hear the strain in my voice. <laughs> but it, I mean, it's hard because you don't, no one's telling you the way to success. Right. No one is giving you the steps you need to take to do a certain task. You're figuring everything out every single day on your own. As I mentioned earlier, for five minutes a day, I thought about quitting, and it was because I couldn't figure out how to do this one page on my website so it looks good and makes people want to hire me. Right. And that's really, like, it's very stressful. I mean, part of me would love to just have a nine-to-five and once I'm out of work, not think about work. Right. You know, just disconnect, but I don't go a minute without thinking about my company mm-hmm. or what mm-hmm. the process of my company, how my company's going to grow, what am I going to do next? There's not one minute in my day that I don't think about it. Yeah. So if you can handle that, <laughs> uh, be your own boss. And if you think about, it's kind of like when you were in middle school and you had a crush on someone, like a really big crush. Like I'm talking about like you literally thought you were going to marry them. Like been level there. nine crush. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like think about the biggest crush you had. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that when you have your own company. You just have the biggest crush on your company Ooh. and you just see you and your company like doing big things and making a lot of money and, <laughs> and traveling the world together. And oh my serious. gosh. And then after that, you know, and then, and then like the boy doesn't look at you in the cafeteria and your company is, hasn't gotten a, a discovery call in a week and you're just like, hmm. but you don't give up because yeah. this is your dream. Okay. Well, I know being your boss is a challenge in itself. What is the biggest challenge in startup culture today that you see? Amongst like the other startups that like you've experienced or you like see in the hatchery as well, what's the biggest challenge they face or you might face as well? I think there's a lot of turnover. So that's a big deal. And I'm going to have to deal with that because I have interns now. We're a team of six, I think. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. In most cases, people are working for free. They don't stick around mm-hmm. because they're interns. Right. And then you have to retrain everybody. And then everyone has new ideas every time you filter people in and out. Right. So that's a big deal we deal with in the hatchery. And also just getting things done is like really hard because we're all students too. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's like in Silicon Valley. <laughs> um, but in Gainesville Valley, just getting the things <laughs> done you need to do is, is very hard. What are you going to do? It's startup. Not yeah. everything's going to go as planned, right. and you just have to keep going. Like, mm-hmm. you cannot let your unending to-do list keep you from doing the things on the list. <laughs> no, you're never going to get them all done. Yeah. You have to keep getting, you have to keep crossing stuff out. It's yeah. just life. Okay, what was the biggest hurdle to overcome initially when you first started Guava? Like, the first challenge that, like, shook you. I don't know. I think the challenges get harder as I keep going. I can't mm-hmm. think of like a really big problem in the beginning where I was like, oh my God, make it or break it. Like, was there <laughs> um, something that came up you didn't know how to do and you were like, oh my God, if I don't get this, I will fail? Well, this is the beauty. And, mm-hmm. I'll, and I'll spill a secret, entrepreneur secret. So when you start your own company, you start it based off what you know how to do. Yeah. So that question doesn't come up, oh, I don't know how to do this, whatever. 
And then as you keep going, you figure out, okay, this doesn't really sell that well. Oh, this I don't like the sales funnel's not working. Oh, I should remove this this uh, service because no one's buying it. And then you have to kind of learn what the customer wants mm-hmm. and then figure out a way to give it to them. Okay. Yeah, so it's more like tailoring your business. Yeah, like as you keep going, changing things that you really didn't think you were going to change at all. You thought, because when you first build a company, you're like, this is perfect. <laughs> and then it's like, ooh, no, it's so not right. I have to really figure out what the industry is calling for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how do you develop grit in like your everyday life and what personal experiences led you to developing that? So I think grit is is an extremely important quality in an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. You don't know if you are because as an entrepreneur you're living all this self-doubt. So there was this athlete, he was an Olympic swimmer and every day when he was growing up in high school he had, he lived in, I don't know, like Illinois. He had to walk or run, jog to school to swim practice mm-hmm. in freezing cold and swim in super cold water every single day. And you ask him why he does it, he says he loves it. Wow. But it's painful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's and I think that's kind of being gritty and, and not giving up on long-term engagements. My mom told me, like, every day you're going to have 10 problems and you, have, you can only solve three of them. Mm-hmm. Which three are you going to solve? Like, pick them and then... Don't worry about the rest because you can't do anything about it. It's true. Like you can't let all these little stresses and worries get to you Mm -hmm. because you're never going to be successful that way. All these little setbacks or failures are blips on your radar in comparison to the success that you can like achieve. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It sounded like the underlying theme was like, Hey, if you're really passionate about it, the the grit and the pain is worth it's it. It's there. Yeah. And it's already there, too, you know? Because yeah. I see a lot of people give up. I see it a lot, you know? And, and then whenever I see them giving up, I'm just like, that's a really unfortunate because you're really good at that. Okay. Um, what is one thing you would change if you could go back and start guava all over again? Some cases, I did spread myself way too thin. Mm-hmm. Uh, my priorities weren't always in the best place because guava was just everything and then friends and family and school were a side thing which isn't isn't that's uncommon and it's always like that for me like i'm always just like no i don't want to go because i'd rather just like work on my business Mm -hmm. so these are more like girl focused i really like these these are probably my favorite questions what is one action our listeners can take today to make the world a better place I think paying it forward. We don't do that enough. We don't say, oh my god, I love your skirt. That's actually a really cute skirt. Thank you. Matt is wearing a really cute skirt today. And doing things like that. So today on my story, I posted a poll, how is your Monday going? Mm-hmm. And then, or is your Monday going great? Something like that. Mm-hmm. And people said, oh, my Monday's going awful. My Monday's also going great. And then those five people out of 50 people who voted who said their Monday wasn't going that well. So I messaged all of them saying, hey, I saw you voted that you're not having a great Monday. I hope it got better. And just so you know, you got this. And I'm also here for you. Because you're making someone's day. And someone's day is their world. I live by the quote, no man is an island. So I love Mm. that because like you need, like you can't live life alone. You need people to have like constant interactions and like to lift you up when you're down or like do the same for another person. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that is so vital. And I think a lot of people like maybe in startup culture specifically are like, well, I don't need a team. I can do everything by myself. But like 
Bro, you um, need people. Oh my god, let's talk about. So we when we met for coffee, we talked about this whole people glamorizing entrepreneurship. Like, it's one thing to be like, say, oh, no man's an island, but I think it's another thing to actually put it into practice and make it a real habit to put it into practice. Mm-hmm. Because for me, I'm just want to know everyone's okay, and that's why I message <laughs> those people. I'm like, oh my god, are you okay? Like you're having a bad Monday. Having a bad Monday can mean they got your Starbucks order wrong, or it could mean I went to the doctor and they told me I have a mass in my throat. Mm-hmm. And when I, and those were two separate messages I got in response to my following up with those people who voted on my poll. Wow. So that's crazy. That's really deep. Um, and you know, both are bad things. One I think is a lot more important than the other. Mm-hmm. Right. I hate it when people get my Starbucks order wrong. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like if you want to help the world, just start with other people then speaking on terms of glamorizing entrepreneurship how do you see people doing that like when you're observing other entrepreneurs and what do you think can be done to combat that so i for one am really tired of seeing the word entrepreneur in people's instagram bio when they haven't done anything entrepreneurial (laughs) ever at all some people think that that selling their dad's 2001 Camry mm-hmm. and making like 600 bucks is entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And yeah, okay, you made $600, but you didn't do anything entrepreneurial and you're not practicing entrepreneurship. I have a, I have just a problem when people like take a quick buck as entrepreneurship. Okay. Um, and then this other thing of when people are on their story or on social media and they're just bragging about how oh, I pulled an all-nighter working on this code or working on this development or doing this project or whatever it is, and they're bragging about grinding 24-7. And to me, I just, when I see that, I'm just like, you're just really bad at time management. You don't have to feel bad about not working all the time. And I think even though I mentioned earlier, I think about guava every minute of the day like mm-hmm. I did my middle school crush, Mm-hmm. I also have to turn it off to just spend quality time with my friends. Don't glamorize entrepreneurship. It's really hard and it's ugly and it's a lot of fun. You should do it. Yeah. It's living with uncertainty. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so in terms of diversity and startup culture, again, like we mentioned earlier, how do you think we can change startup culture to include more women? Mm. Well, there's this great company called Guava and <laughs> <laughs> Um you know, I really think that depends on the industry that you're trying to to break into. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you just need to sell. I think women need to learn how to sell themselves a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was interviewing interns, I asked them once, so why should I hire you? And this poor girl could not give me one reason to hire her. I think it's more of just a skill that women just need to facilitate a lot more of and practice. I think it stems to confidence and not being afraid to show yourself. I think women are taught not to brag about themselves, like bragging is seen as bad. And so when they go into like, why should I hire you? You're like, well, I don't want to brag about myself. It's like, what's the point of this interview? There was this really awful, awful statistic that on a job requirement, so if you're on Indeed or something or Monster.com, if there's 10 job requirements, if a man meets one of them, he'll apply. But if a woman doesn't meet all 10, she won't apply. Yeah, I've heard mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So be mindful of all of those awful situations. Just apply for it anyway. Yeah. Because you don't know what other people are doing. It's like 
when if you're looking for a house and you're in competition to with all these other bidders to buy this house bid more money no one else is going to bid more everyone's trying to undercut the actual price of the value of the house Mm -hmm. be that one person to bid more and then you'll probably get it which is how we got our house now Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of people are afraid to take that first step of like actually applying yeah afraid of like the commitment or like failure what if they don't call me oh my god they don't call you like move on (laughs) yeah (laughs) i feel really harsh but like, the life of an entrepreneur. I don't feel bad when people complain about things that are totally in their control. Your competition is not going to stop. They're either giving up or they're like you and they're not going to stop and they're going to keep growing. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I want that stitched on a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, like all the pillows. Our house is going to be filled all with like... Pillows. So where can our audience find you? Yeah, so Instagram at Guav Empowerment guavempowerment.com or you can just email me directly at isabella at guavempowerment.com i love being a resource to women and i love giving women the push that they need to just get rid of all this bs and self-doubt all this self-doubt everything that's just not serving you you need to cut it out of your life that was isabella silverio founder of guava empowerment You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Cheddarcast. At The Cheddarcast. We are The Cheddar when we have a podcast, mm-hmm. so we are at The Cheddarcast. Yep, that is us. We have a Gmail. Thecheddarpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to send us maybe some episode ideas, yeah. what you want to hear. Your favorite cheese. Your favorite cheese. We really want to know. That's our <laughs> primary concern.